definitely the, the coldest Memorial Day weekend I can ever remember in my 29 years on earth. <laughs> Caught that. Just making sure you're paying attention here. Anyway. Uh, but um, Memorial Day is, of course, a day uh, where we do set aside, remember those uh, who gave their life fighting or serving uh, so that we may have freedom as Americans. Not every holiday that we come across on our calendar, whether it be a Hallmark holiday or whether it be an American holiday, not every holiday necessarily is appropriate to work into a worship service of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have to always have to make sure we know what we're doing when we do these things. But Memorial Day is one of those times where you can see a shadow of the gospel. Laying your life down for your friends or your country is one of the highest acts of service that exists. And we know this because we see this in the gospel. Jesus laid down his life so that we might have freedom from sin, so that we might have salvation and eternal life and forgiveness of sins. So on Memorial Day, we are forced to, to pause and think about the ultimate act of service and see how that relates to our Christian life. So today our topic is how to serve God. How to serve God. And this is yesterday's reading in 1 Chronicles 28, starting in, in verse 1. The Bible says that David assembled at Jerusalem all the officials of Israel, the officials of the tribes, the officers of the divisions that served the king, the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, the stewards of all the property and livestock of the king and his sons, together with the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the seasoned warriors. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brothers and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and I made preparations for building. But God said to me, You may not build a house for my name, for you are a man of war and have shed blood. Yet the Lord God of Israel chose me from all my father's house to be king over Israel forever. For he chose Judah as leader, and in the house of Judah my father's house, and among my father's sons he took pleasure in me to make me king over all Israel. And of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons, he has chosen Solomon, my son, to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, it is Solomon, your son, who shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish his kingdom forever if he continues strong in keeping my commandments and my rules as he is today. Verse 8. Now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord and the hearing of our God, observe and seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God that you may possess this good land and leave it for an inheritance to your children 
after you forever. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. If you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Be careful now. The Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Then verse 20 says, Then David said to Solomon his son, Be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you, not until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. And behold, the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God and with you in all the work will be every willing man who has skill for any kind of service. Also the officers and all the people will be holy at your command. Father, on this Memorial Day we do pause to, to think about those who pay the ultimate price and we pray for their families. So many young widows, Lord, in a wartime. We've all seen pictures on on social media of, of young widows with, with babies laying in gravesides and things like this. And it breaks our heart because it's a very real, very real price, Lord, for us to live in this country that you've given to us, that you've blessed us to live. Lord, we, we, we take this thought and we think about it and we pray about those that have lost people. And, and, and we look to you, Lord, as our ultimate Savior, as our, the author, perfecter of our faith. And we know that you can relate to the grief and the pain of those who have lost loved ones, Lord, because you lost everything. You lost your life so that we might have ours. So, Father, as we look at this passage today, show us in David's final words to Solomon and to Israel, his, his parting words, or show us today uh, how we could better serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Three things about serving God that we see in this passage today. Three things about serving God. First, we are to serve God with our observations and our actions. Interesting way to say that, right? Serve God with your observations and actions. Now, David was growing old. He had already appointed his son, Solomon, to take over as king for him. Upon his death, and as he was nearing his end, he was getting his house in order, so to speak. But not only his house, the entire nation of Israel. He was leaving behind. They had never had a, a peaceful transition. It was only the second king, and he was, he was a little worried, right, and making sure this would happen. And, and even then, so there wasn't a, a, a truly peaceful transition. There was some war. And he outlines all of the duties of the various positions, and he calls all the leaders in for instructions. He says that he assembled in verse 1 all the officials of Israel, the, the tribes, the divisions that serve the king, all the commanders, all the stewards. He called them all in for this speech, so to speak. And he, and he says in verse 2, Hear me, I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God. And I made preparations 
for building. Several weeks ago, we went through that passage where he was ready to build God a house, and God said, no, that's not for you to do. That is not my will for your life. It was David's idea to build a temple, and you can see that he's still somewhat bothered by it because that's the first thing he talks about in this speech of all the things he had done. It was something that he didn't, he wasn't able to check off on his to-do list. Something he wasn't able to put on his resume, so to speak, because God would not let him. And he brings it up again because it was his idea, but it was not God's idea for him. And he tells us here, actually in verse 3, the first time that we see a why he wasn't allowed to build it. Verse 3. God says, you may not build a house by name. Because you're a man of war, and you've shed blood. Now, there's different ways we can look at this. Some might say, is it because he, he, he killed in war that he's somehow unclean, and that you can make an argument for that. But really, I think what it boils down to, I believe, is, is that uh, David's path, his calling, led him to be a warrior. A warrior king, not, not a builder, a warrior, a, a, a fighter. That's what he was called, that's what he was best at doing. Fighting, warring, not maintenance mode king. That's not David, not managerial king, not builder king, warrior king. Not, not every warrior makes a good builder or leader in that way in fact we know that when david wasn't at war he would get bored we know the story of bathsheba david didn't know what to do when he wasn't fighting and led him into problems in his life this isn't necessarily an indictment on david as if he wasn't able to figure out how to build a temple he had the preparations he had the instructions it's more of this god saying david that's not going to be a part of your legacy because that is not your calling and that's important for all of us to realize when we're serving god we all have callings that god has clearly told us to do and called us to do and we have callings that god has clearly many times told us not to do Sometimes our callings line up with our desires. Sometimes our callings may leave us frustrated because they do not line up with what we want all the time. So we need to make sure that our desires, when it comes to serving God, line up with God's desires. God always has a reason why you are doing something and not doing something else. There's always a reason. The thing is, you may never know it. You may never know what that reason is. And sometimes he will reveal that reason to us like he did with David, that he was a man of war. But sometimes he will not. And we need to be okay with that. David actually... Get, in verse 4, recounts some of his calling. He says, Yet the Lord God of Israel chose me from all my father's house 
to be king of Israel forever. For he chose Judah as leader. And in the house of Judah, my father's house, and among my father's sons, he took pleasure in me to make me king over all Israel. So he's saying that, that God chose him to be king. That God took pleasure in that. We know that. And verse 5 says, and all my sons. And then he kind of scratches his head and says, he's given me a lot of sons, right? Lord, he's given me many. Of all the sons, he chose Solomon. In verse 6, he says, it is Solomon, your son, who will build my house and my courts. God had a plan for David. But God had a plan for his son, Solomon. David's saying that. I had a calling. My son had a calling. And with that in mind, he urges Israel to continue to serve God. He says in verse 8, Now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the Lord, and in the hearing of God, observe and seek out all the commandments of your Lord God, that you may possess this good land and leave it for an inheritance to your children after you forever. This is the main section of our first point. He urges two things to Israel. He says, observe, look, watch, and then seek to do. Make it a point to look for what God has already commanded. We often miss God's will when we serve because we're, we're often avoiding what God has said rather than seeking after it. That's the biggest thing that a lot of people think about Christianity is that it's a book of what you shouldn't be able to do, what you can't do, and that's not it. We, we avoid what God has said. We, 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 we should seek after what God has said. Or often we're looking for some new type of word when God has already given us everything we need for life and godliness through his written word. And if we continually go back to his word and do what he has said, we then get a better sense of how to serve God. Last week we had our, our graduates you know, going off and graduating, and many times graduates will say, you know, what is God's will for my life? And what they really mean is, how do I know God's specific calling God's will for your life is in the Bible. Do what he says. Obey God's commandments. And God says he'll take care of the rest. Just, just, just go into God's word, dig into the word, read what he's instructed, and then live the Christian life. And you'll see where God opens the doors. You'll see where God directs. You'll see where God will lead you. We would love I think we think we would love to graduate high school or college and God just write us a letter and outline the rest of our life for us, wouldn't we? We think we would like that. But after about 10 seconds, I think you'd get pretty depressed. Well, wait a second, this is how it's going to be? Where's the hope? God doesn't tell us everything about our life because he knows we don't want that. We think we do, but we don't want that. We couldn't handle that. And, and how will we trust in the Lord? And how will we let him lead us? 
and, and let him and follow him and let him show us the good things he has in our life. If we knew every little thing that he had called us to do, how could we serve someone like that? And that's what he's saying, that if they, if they just do what God has commanded, then they'll never leave, lose the land and their children will never be displaced. So we, we serve God with our observations of his word and then we put them into action. Secondly, serve God with your heart and with your mind. See, serving God is just not about doing things. It's just not about looking and finding it and doing it. And I just said, God, I just told you to do that, right? God's Word just says to do that. Find it and do it. But it's not just doing. It's about being if it was just about doing, we would be legalists, we'd be Pharisees, we'd be moralists. The world has too many of those already, way too many. Look what David says to Solomon, verse 9. And you, Solomon, my son, the first thing he instructs him here, what's he say? Know the God of your father. Know him. Know God. Intimately. John David's always asking me what my favorite color is. And I tell him the same color every time he asks me. Green. He knows my favorite color. But about twice a day, he'll say, what's your favorite color? And every now and then I'll tell him something different. Pink. No, it's not. It's green. You're right. It's green. He, he wants to know things about his dad. Maybe he's trying to figure out why it's green. I don't know. Well, green, who knows, right? But he knows when his father says something inaccurate because he's like, oh, that's not you. Annabeth made me a little bracelet. I forgot to put it on. She's, has a, she has a bracelet-making business now, by the way. Anyhow, she made me one. I was wearing it yesterday, and John David said, why are you wearing a bracelet? I said, he says, you never wear bracelets. <laughs> You're right. I never wear bracelets. I don't like any kind of watch or anything like that. And I said, nope, you're right. He knows his father. Why are you wearing a bracelet? If we're going to serve God, we need to know him. We need to know, hey, that's not of God. That's not of God. That is of God. That is of God. See, where people get into trouble, where churches get into trouble, is when people try to serve God without knowing God, right? That's a recipe for disaster. There's churches all across the South, all over America, where people are serving in the name of God, but they do not know him. And you would know this if you visited them. You would leave there thinking, that wasn't, that wasn't the God I know. So what they're really doing when we serve in the name of God, but we're not, we don't know God, is what they're really doing is serving the God of themselves. So they make God into whatever God they want. They fashion him to a specific cause or party or world leader or whatever it is. And they do it all in the name of God. And this is the logical conclusion. If we try to serve God without 
knowing him, we end up serving himself, ourselves. This is what he's saying. Solomon, if you're going to be king, you got to know God. you got to know God. And he says this, And serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. That is a frightening verse, is it not? He searches all hearts and he understands every plan and thought. And so we serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. He says, Solomon, the way to do this right is to know God and serve him with our whole heart and a willing mind. And the Bible talks about the heart. It's talking about this idea of using our entire being, our entire personality being formed over to his our values, our yearnings, but, but also our mind. See, we don't just serve God with our heart, emotions, values, etc. We don't just serve God with our mind, logic, if it works, pragmatism, these kind of things. We use both our mind and our values to serve Him well. Because, you know, what might work may not be right. And what you might want or like might not be best for God's people or his church. Have you ever thought about that? Well, God's called me to do X, Y, Z. Yeah, but how does that help God's church? Well, that's what I want to do. Well, maybe God doesn't want God's church to do that. Wow, I never thought about that. Your heart and your mind. We have to use both our mind and our values to serve him well. And this is what David might means by seeking him. Look what he says. If you seek him, he'll be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Be careful. for The Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. He says, God is not hiding, Solomon. He's there for you to go to. And when we find him, when we seek him, we will find him when we seek him with our heart, with our mind. And finally, number three, we also need to serve God with strength and courage. To live the Christian life is wonderful. God is a blessing. He blesses us. But it takes supernatural strength and courage. Amen? It does. If you follow Christ any length of time, you know this. Because he's asking you to do things that you would never do. You would never do. You would never come up to that person, the produce aisle, when they're trying to bag their grapes and corn and talk to them about Jesus if you felt led to do it. If you didn't have Jesus, you would have never done that if you weren't a believer. But if the Holy Spirit tells you to do it, you said, all right, here we go. Without Jesus, you never would have done that. Strength and courage. What happens when we face resistance in our calling? Our hearts, our minds can be motivated. We're going to do this. I'm going to do this. BBS is next week. There's teachers right now either really excited or really fearful. I don't know where they're at, right? With all the kids coming in. They might be motivated, but what happens when there's resistance? What happens when there's fear that creeps in? Verse 20, David says to Solomon, his son, he says this, Be strong and courageous 
and do it. You thought that Nike came up with that phrase, just do it? They got it from the Word of God. Just do it. Be strong. Be courageous. Do it. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. God is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Amen? He will not leave you or forsake you into all the work for the service of the house the Lord has done. He's saying, Solomon, you're going to be building this temple. You're going to get 60% done, and something's going to happen. You're going to run out of materials. People are going to complain about something or whatever. They're going to come to you with some of their issue. There's going to be a problem. He said, just do it. Have strength in the Lord. Have courage in the Lord. That four-year-old cries, spits up. Guess what? Just do it. Clean it up. That teenager speaks to you like they're speaking to their friend. <laughs> you deal with it. Be strong and courageous. That coworker. You see coming down the hall, you turn around and go the other way. No, deal with it. Do it. Be strong and courageous. It says, don't be afraid or dismayed. Fear and surprise. That's what, what he says here. Afraid is fear. Dismayed is this idea of being su surprised. Oh, what? I didn't see that coming. Maybe you saw something that shocked you or surprised you. One of the main reasons people quit worshiping, quit attending church, quit going to, to the church is because something happened and they got caught off guard and they said, whoa, wait, I don't want, I don't want that. That's not what, that, that's shocking to me. And they're dismayed and they quit coming. And what they've really said is this, whatever that was, it's too big for me to serve God anymore. That's really what they've said. I'm too fearful of that. I'm too dismayed. I'm too shocked. God says, don't let that happen to you, Solomon. And it's important for Solomon not to get dismayed because he was the king of Israel. But even in our own lives, when we get fearful, when we get dismayed, we get surprised, we get cynical, we get critical, he says, no, no, no. Keep on. Just do it. Be strong. Be courageous. Have courage in the face of it. That's what courage is. It's, it's working in the face of fear. Have courage in the face of fear. You know, that's, that's the thing about Memorial Day we talk about with these soldiers that died. Every one of them was fearful. But they did what they were instructed anyway. God will be with us in those times. Verse 21, he says, And behold, the divisions of the priests and the Levites, all these will be with you. He says this, I have worked out all the details, Solomon. The people who are supposed to support you will support you, Solomon. Don't worry about what the details are. Be strong and courageous. In our own calling, maybe you like to have a plan. I like to have a plan. Sometimes God says, you know what? I got the plan. <laughs> you just do it. I've worked it all out. You just do it. 
Serve God with strength and courage because he's with you. Well, there was a police officer who was uh, going to an elementary school, and he, was, uh, he took a, a vandalism report, and he went over there to check it out. And he was writing his report down, and this little girl at the school came, came up to him, and she told him that, that her mother said if she ever needed help, she should ask a policeman. And she said, is that right? And he said, yes, that, that's right. And then the kindergarten looked down and we're talking. And she looked down and she pointed at her shoe. And there her shoe was untied. And she said, would you please tie my shoe? That's right, just do it, right? A police officer who was there, for one thing, got down on his knees and humbled himself and tied the little girl's shoelace. When we sign up to serve God, we never know where he'll take us, amen? We might have had one thing in mind. We might find ourselves on the floor or on the ground tying a shoelace. We need to be willing and ready to do whatever God has called us to do. Have the courage, be strong, and do it. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are in Christ Jesus. And as we close our time together today, if there's one in here today that, that, that how they're serving you, Lord, that today that you would just give them confirmation that they're doing what you want them to do. Maybe there's one in here that's been wondering, Lord, how can I serve you in the church, outside the church, for your kingdom? Lead that person. Give them a clear vision and let them have the courage to do what you've called them to do. Father, if there's one in here that's never placed their faith in you before, that they would do so today. That they would turn from their sins. That they would... They would ask you to forgive them, that you would give them salvation, save them today. That today they would be a new person, a new man, a new woman in you. New life in Christ, born again. Father, as we leave here today, this Memorial Day weekend, and we see things on TV and on, online about those that have given their life, that we'll pause to remember them and their families, and pray for their families, but also that it would lead us to worship you for what you've done for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.